Hello and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects over 500 restaurant experts who share their favorite places from the best place to grab a slice of pizza or a hamburger to the latest must-visit new fine dining restaurant opening. Today we're meeting chef Rasmus Kufud of restaurant Geranium in Copenhagen. A highly competitive chef, Kufud has won bronze, silver and gold in the prestigious Bocuse d'Or chef's competition. After that, his restaurant has been crowned as the best restaurant in the world in the 50 best restaurants voting and awarded three stars in the Michelin Guide. Since a year back, a new challenge was taken by the team at Geranium as they switched to a meat-free menu with the goal to create the highest possible level of vegetarian cuisine. We will hear how Rasmus Kufud balances his life at the top of the restaurant world with family life with wife and three children and what the driving force is behind his striving for perfection. For those of you who don't know him yet, we asked Rasmus Kufud to tell us a bit about himself and his journey that made him reach the top of the restaurant world. At the end of our talk, he will reveal his favorite restaurant recommendations in Copenhagen and out in the world. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. Tell me, who is uh, Rasmus Kufud? Introduction. Who is Rasmus Kufud? Uh, Rasmus Kufud is uh, 47 years old. I'm a father of three kids. Uh, my wife is a lawyer. I'm very involved in uh, geranium and also My passion is uh, beating and my heart is beating for uh, introduction of uh, vegetables to people. I want to inspire people to eat more vegetables. So that's also my uh, mission right now. I know we're here on a short time. Life is short and fragile. We need to get the best out of it. Um, And I feel alive when I challenge myself. So that's why I like to challenge myself on a half marathon run on um, changing the complete menu at Geranium because that's where I feel alive and that's where I get that extra drive and energy um, and I like to be sometimes be on deep water and then try to get the ship safe in the harbor. Uh, you said challenges and for those who know something about you and your restaurant then challenges you've had and challenges you've taken. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, I mean, cooking competitions, that's a big part of your life. It is still, and it has been a big part of my life. I think uh, first time I saw a cooking competition was in 2001. Uh, it was the National Championships of Chefs in Denmark. And just watching the chefs in the different kitchens working You know, they were working uh, very busy, some stressed, some more focused, and creating amazing food was like, wow, that was so inspiring. Um, And I like to challenge myself. I never uh, attended a cooking competition to beat other ones, but I did it to become better, to learn about my strengths, my weaknesses. Um, And it's a learning process. And then, of course, with the I've been involved in a lot of competitions uh, on the Danish culinary team and 
Nordic Chef of the Year. Uh, but of course, my adventure with the Bouquet store took me like nine years from the beginning to to the finish where I got the gold. But it was not really the gold that makes me happy, but it was the whole process. You know, I develop as a human being, I develop as a chef, and it was amazing to have the time to to focus on ingredients and transform them in a balanced way. Um, since that, I've been coaching, uh, I mean, uh, Finland, I've been coaching Hungary, I've been coaching Denmark, uh, the last two uh, Bocuse store competitions, uh, which was very inspiring as well. I mean, because I want to go in the kitchen, I was not allowed to, so I was just coaching them and and try to bring the best um, out, of course, in the food, but also that they were mental ready for that extremely uh, tough challenge that it is to compete in that forum. So now we are sitting here in Geranium, yeah. uh, up here on the eighth floor. Yeah, yeah. eighth floor, yeah. With a nice view, mm-hmm. hearing some kitchen noises here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met you at the first Geranium, I think it was in yeah. 2007. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the then, uh, yeah, in the, the King's Garden. Yeah. Uh, you had one or two uh, Bocuse d'Or busts in, in the vitrine <laughs> on, the, on display there. Now you have yeah. four here. Tell me, yeah. I mean, briefly, that long road. Yeah. Uh, I think um, when we opened Geranium, I had the, I won the bronze, uh, which was the first time in uh, 20 years that Denmark actually came to the podium. And then after that, uh, I was starting competing when we opened Geranium because I was hungry for more. I was not done. Um, and then I won uh, the silver, and then silver was not the right color, so I went for the gold um, in 2011. And that was actually the same time that I was going to the final in Lyon in 2011, was the same time that we opened Geranium here in this location. So that was a huge challenge. But I took it as a, you know, as a challenge, as a mountain you need to, you, you need to, to uh, go to the top of the mountain. And so I took it as a test and, and I was saying like, it was really bad timing because it's too much pressure. But I was focusing on the competition and the food and then, you know, let it rest a bit and then focusing on service, on uh, seasonal ingredients, which was actually very important. And I ended up cooking very local Danish ingredients for the competition. And I felt that it was much more me the last time when I won. Uh, I was cooking with uh, beetroot and uh, horseradish, uh, I mean, biodynamic beetroots, uh, wild forest garlic, uh, local Danish beer, stuff like that. And uh, tell me, as a person, what fostered this competitor in you? From where? Is it from childhood or from... From where did it come, this instinct, this drive to actually... Uh, I think some just came from my father and mother somehow. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, sometimes you are born with that. Um, but it's also, I always liked a challenge in life. Uh, even it was like running fast or when we were playing indoor hockey, I want to, to win. And I was giving all to, to win and, and find that extra strength. Um, and then 
I, I realize it's just a good, it's not like really because I want to, you know, become one and, and, you know, I will have some above me. It's more like the process. I think it's, I like to challenge myself and I've been doing that the whole life. That's why I feel alive. Um, when I was younger, I was skateboarding a lot and I want to do the highest tricks and the best tricks uh, as well. I, I want to progress to become better, get more out of life. Um, and maybe it could also be that I was kicked out of school because I have too much energy actually in first class and we came to a new school and I was very shy starting in that school with a lot of older people uh, I think I was around 12 or, or something and and the oldest one was 18 so I was just like the little guy and uh, I, I was you know, I think maybe it was the way to show that I'm also here. And then I was, uh, yeah, just going all in if we were playing baseball or hockey or skateboarding or something. Mm -hmm. Then, I mean, after all these, uh, or during all these uh, cooking competitions mm -hmm. and uh, uh, having your restaurants improving uh, all the time, uh, a question that some people might ask is how do you interpret competition cooking or translate that to a great restaurant? Can you do it or is it separate things? Uh, you can do it if you are, if, if, if you do it the right way because in cooking competitions, like I told you, I just, uh, for the Bocu store when I won in 2011, I was using the same sauce that we serve for the venison at Geranium. So uh, you can use like uh, pieces of the menu and um, sometimes it can look very elaborated, uh, but it's also because some is served on the plate, some is served on the platter, and then you have to take it from the platter, cut it out, serve it on the plate. Stuff like that I will never serve here. Uh, but I mean, there's many places around the world where they're served like a big tart or something and you cut it out in front of the guests, which can also be nice. So the inspiration come like both ways. I mean, you can get very inspired of the cooking competition um, and also the cooking, the techniques that you use in the com competition is uh, need to come from, from tasty, great elements like a good sauce. Uh, done in a clever way by adding a spice or something pickle in the end um, so so it both worlds can be combined and inspire each other but it's a right time for everything and it should not be the same also the logistic in a cooking competition is very good to use in a restaurant uh, that's why you will always see uh, the chef working very calm here because we have some really good logistic they make them relax more and they're not like stressed in the kitchen so they can actually enjoy more they can be more present at the table um, and i think that's a nice balance because you cannot perform good in a cooking competition if you don't have a nice setup if you, if you don't work clean and balanced you will be overstressed and it's not and, and you can see that in the food it's not going to be is there some i mean that's surely uh, the, 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 the good learnings from cooking competitions for the restaurant. Are there, is there anything that goes the other way that maybe becomes a burden in a restaurant kitchen if you are too competitive or if you have too much of that cooking competition uh, experience? Uh, 
Uh, I mean, yes or no. I mean, if you are in a cooking competition, you will take time out to to practice if you are clever. Some will just go on the day and do what they, you know, have in their head, and and they will probably not be so so good. They will end up being very disappointed. So it's about planning. It's about training. It's about thinking. How can I create the ma- the most amazing meal in the world and serve it for these judges, these people that come from different countries, twenty uh, two different countries in the world. I mean, you need to. Uh, I will not say please because you should cook with your heart, but think about what you're doing, because that would be a guy from uh, Estonia, that would be a judge from Spain, that would be one from USA, that would be one from Japan. So you cannot add like too much wild forest garlic, for example. You should still use it, but maybe a little less. Um, Because, I mean, that you need to think about um, if if it should be successful. Mm. If you do not think about your own restaurant, mm-hmm. when traveling, when eating in other restaurants anywhere in the world, what's uh, what are you looking for in a great restaurant? What's what's the what's the thing that makes it or breaks it? I think it's uh, personality, it's uh, energy, it's uh, the passion of their the workers that are yeah that are there. I mean, the the, the waiters, the, the front of house, uh, the chefs, of course. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be like a 25-course menu or anything. I mean, for me, it's about the ambience, the the energy in the room. Uh, of course, uh, the careness of the food and what they served, which are different for all of us. I mean, we have so many different voices, and some is like very pure, focusing on very seasonal, simple ingredients. Some will be more elaborated. I don't think it's not it's nothing wrong or right, um, but some attract you more than others. And we are all individuals, so we all see different and feel different. But that being said, what I love is, I mean, personality. It's um, it's the energy in the room, the focus. I mean, the, the, the dining room, uh, is, is it unique? Uh, and can you feel you are in a certain part of the world? Um, and also that you, even their focus, you, you, you relaxed and, and, and it's a nice place to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as we are now in Copenhagen, uh, if I ask you to name a few favorite restaurants, places that you like to eat at, mm-hmm in Copenhagen or the surroundings here, where where would you recommend me to go? Uh, I just had a blast of experience in uh, Kuan, which is a former relay. Uh, it's Christian Bauman that is uh, cooking, talking about personality. He's from Korea and he's um, cooking with his uh, traditional Korean roots. I mean, trying to get inspiration where he he also come from, and and it was very interesting and very tasty and surprising. And I mean, not surprising because he's a good chef, but still, it was like wow. Mm. Um, then I like to go to uh, a place in Gotteskade, which is just a humble cafe, 
they serve uh, avocado mal. Uh, Atelier September is the name, they serve avocado mal. They serve you a bowl of coffee, uh, ask for the creamer, and you will get like a bowl of coffee. And they serve good plant-based milk because they like a good plant-based milk in the coffee and they have the right one, uh, which tastes very good. Um, and this is like a breakfast, uh, lunch breakfast place? Breakfast lunch place, yeah. yeah. Um, they do great things there. Uh, Maya's Deli is something I go with my kids. You're Klaus Meyer. Yeah, founder uh, of yes, Noma. Founder of Noma, yeah. And uh, I'm really a guy with, with passing it and been doing, still doing many things for, for Danish gastronomy. I mean, worldwide gastronomy. Uh, he's, a, he's one of our heroes here. And uh, he have a simple daily with quality, uh, easygoing food. And I go there with my kids sometimes. Uh, Hard Bakery is really a great one. Bar, my good friend Torsten, we used to be on the culinary team together. And that's uh, in form in the first location of Noma. It, it is, exactly. And it's... Uh, so how would you describe the food at bar? People, uh, it's, it's a very popular place. Uh, but it's, it's extremely tasty. It's rich. Sometimes I get a little too full when I leave there, but it's simple because it, it looks so tasty and it is so tasty, so you're eating too much. <laughs> um, and he's also a big guy, so I think he likes the, the nice big portions that you get there. And uh, it's so tasty, and he's doing very creative dishes, but also uh, finding inspiration in, in, in Denmark and, and, and the Nordic region. Uh, he's a very clever chef and a very warm person. Um, Esme is a nice place. Jakob de Nierko, the grand old man, is just back, back in the shell. Uh, the, uh, behind the, the stove there and in Hotel Angleterre yes where I used to be a head chef many years ago and he was very involved with uh, the ice cream business and now he's back in the, the white chef jacket with his apron behind the stove and his, his cooking is amazing I mean, and that's uh, of course for many foodies uh, Copenhagen is a Place where there's contemporary restaurants with Noma offspring, with geranium, with this high end. Mm. But there is uh, a huge uh, tradition in Denmark and in Copenhagen of mm. traditional French-inspired cooking. And Marshall would be an example. That, that, that would be one of them. It's very French and, and everything just tastes so good. Uh, of course, we have the Smørbrød places. Uh, actually, I really enjoy uh, Orangerie, which is the uh, old location of the first uranium. And, and you in know, the, it's a in very... In King's Garden. In King's Garden. That beautiful room, which is so charming. They're serving amazing Smørbrød. And actually, uh, that guy, Jasper, is um, a former Bocuse-Dor competitor. I think he went number four or something. And now he's doing traditional Danish Smørbrød. So, so you can uh, imagine it's on a very high level. I mean, and, and it's very tasty and great. And the location in the summertime, it's amazing. So as a, as a Dane and a Danish chef, I have to ask you, if you go there and pick three smørbrød, the sandwiches, which mm -hmm. ones are your favorite of the traditional ones? I will take some uh, pickle hearing uh, with some uh, capers and some uh, raw red onions on. I will uh, take a potato melt with uh, potatoes and mayonnaise and crispy onions. Um, and then which one will the last? I mean, if they have avocado or tomato, I'll probably go for that one or maybe uh, shrimps and uh, asparagus. Okay. So herring, 
potato and maybe shrimps or yeah tomato. I think that would be and I will always keep some space for dessert because okay. I have a sweet too yeah. and a shot of, of aquavit or not shot of, shot of aquavit uh, depending on what I will do the rest of the day uh, if I have to pick up my kids I think I will be too dizzy uh, because the snaps can hit very hard uh, but if you know I have a holiday I'm out there with my friends yes I will have some snaps you know it gives you that warm feeling and it works very well together with the, the smurp or, or a nice Danish beer then if we leave Copenhagen and go abroad yeah. uh, you have been traveling a lot mm. maybe not that much in the last years but still yeah Pick a few handful of uh, favorite restaurants in the world. Uh, I, I was in Antwerpen and I went finally to Nick Brill's uh, place, the Jane, and that stunning location in that old church. Uh, I love the colors in there, I love the light and that amazing lamp, which was like giant in the so room. So it's an old church actually. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the meal was amazing. Uh, that was very inspiring and, and great to be there. Um, also because we were drinking a bit of champagne, the the place of Sergio Hermann with the French fries Le and stuff like really hangover food was nice. Ah, the his friend, uh, Sergio Hermann's French fries yes, place. Yes, ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. I finally went to my good friend uh, Peter Gussen's place, Hoff and Kleve, which was traditional um, France, uh, Belgium inspired. Uh, was very great meal there as well. Um, I've been in uh, Hungary, Stand Restaurant, which is really a good place in uh, Budapest. So, I will not say surprisingly good, because I just don't know so much about the Hungarian dining scene. But I know that after the Bukhu store, things are sprouting and things are changing there. And, and Stand Restaurant, which has one Michelin star, uh, was really good. Um, where else did I go? I went to France. In France, which you've been there quite a lot, obviously because of Bocuse Door. Yeah. Any any favorites uh, there? I, I tried something very fun. I went to the Versailles Castle on a honeymoon, and it's a hotel owned by Alain Ducasse, or he's, I don't know how, he's involved, he's not the owner, but he runs a restaurant, and that's really inspired of that time with the Sun King and, and, and inspired of the old French uh, tradition. Um, so it was fun to see, uh, I mean, the porcelain was from that time, the decoration in the restaurant, the waiters were even dressed like the Sun King and Marie Antoinette. Um, and it was very fun to dig in the, the, the French history. And you know, they, they, they came in, the Sun King came, uh, Sun King came in and say, oh, my fig tree is uh, full of beautiful figs. Let's serve figs for the guests. Fix flambly, let's go! And then the waiters came in with trays of fix, and that was a very uh, funny and very unique experience. Uh, and it was great to try. I've seen the Eiffel Tower many times, but I've never been there. And I was surprising my daughter and saying we are going to the Eiffel Tower. And then we, we booked uh, a table in the restaurant there, run by Pretzel. Uh, Catalan chef uh, Frederick Anton, I think, yeah. And I mean, just taking the lift, it's not going straight up, it's going a little to the side. 
and, and also watching the construction of the Eiffel Tower was like, wow, it's huge, it's high. Um, that, that guy that, that, that was the architect behind it really have ambitions. Uh, and it was great to be up there and looking over Paris. And I mean, the, the menu was also really great, um, but it was like, I mean, the view was stunning and yeah. the meal was also great. Yeah. What about uh, any other of the like the traditional something in Lyon or so, or so that you would recommend? Um, in Lyon, because I was uh, preparing for run uh, half marathon, uh, my first half marathon in Copenhagen. Just after, I was uh, more eating at more healthy style cafes um, and not at the, the grand restaurants. I mean, I've been to, I was in Paul Bocuse's restaurant and have that lunch, which is full of meat and not so much for a guy like me, because you're drinking uh, eight uh, red Bordeaux red wines um, and you're having a big tray and platters of meat in the morning. And that's for the, the chefs that reach the podium. And Ronnie this time, my uh, head chef was uh, second. So we were there to enjoy, and it's a very fun and very personal experience. Uh, and I asked them to if they could do just a bit of vegetables for me. Uh, they did that, and I think it, I have many great memories from that place. And and it's more about the food. It's also the spirit there. I was there to celebrate my father's uh, uh, 65 years old birthday, and I thought they forgot that it was his birthday. But suddenly I could see there. The waiters were coming in and one guy started playing music and the whole restaurant was singing for my father. And he was like crying and be, become very red in his face and, and, and me too. I mean, we did not ask for all that attention, but that was just such a fun and great experience. Mm. After not having traveled that much uh, during yeah. these uh, last years, If you would have to pick, uh, if you'd like to pick one great restaurant that you haven't been to or would go like to go back to, which one would that be? Anywhere in the world? Uh, I have two places. I mean, I have many places on my list, but if I should be realistic, I have maybe three. I cannot just say one. I really love to go to Maimo, the new Maimo. Um, in was, Oslo? Yes, in Oslo, my, my great friend uh, Espen. Uh, I was supposed to go many times, but then came COVID and lockdowns and you could not travel. Um, also my friend Tommy Mulimaki in uh, Aura would build that complete new restaurant in close Stockholm? to the water, yeah. I really want to go to, to try his place. And then uh, Diverso in Madrid, I have never been there. And um, we have a common passion for running, me and, and David. And I think I would love to go and have a run and then after dine in his restaurant. Okay. I think there's have too many courses to do it the other way. Um, and he's a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. So uh, let's hope that you very soon can go to these uh, beautiful restaurants. And uh, Rasmus Kufur, thank you for this and good luck with everything. And uh, hope to see you soon again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank It's you. a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Wall of Mouth podcast with Chef Rasmus Kufud in Copenhagen. Find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more on the Wall of Mouth app available in your app store or visit our website at worldofmouth.app. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. 
I'm Kenneth Nars. Until next week, when we meet Chef Pam Pichaya in Bangkok, Thailand. <laughs>